Lasting Love Podcast, presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love Podcast. As always, my name is Roy Biancalana. I am your host. And today we are continuing with our series that I have titled Quantum Questions for Life and Love. Now, perhaps you're new to the series, perhaps not. So let me just quickly summarize the basic premise of this five part series. And it's this that there are certain questions. That if we live with them, if we ask them regularly, if we sort of meditate with them, if we really ponder them, the questions and the answers that they offer, the truths that they expose, the self-awareness that they bring can give our lives a quantum leap in terms of our well-being, our joy, and our ability to connect with other people in authentic and healthy ways. So these are quantum questions that can level us up, propel us to new ways of living and loving and connecting. And so the first question was, what's here now? This is a question that brings you into the present moment. It gets you out of your head, which is obsessed about the future and the past, and it brings you into what's real. Now, we all know that we, we want and we desire to be in an authentic, real, transparent, honest, open relationship, whether it's with friends or family, but especially with an intimate partner, right? We want an authentic, honest transparent relationship. Well, when you consistently ask yourself, what's here now? The answer to that question is arming you with truth. It's it's activating your authenticity. It's giving you the information of what's real and what's truly happening inside of you And armed with that information, you can then relate authentically because you know your unarguable truth. What's here now? What's happening in my body? What is my current emotional state? What am I thinking about? What do I want? This is our inner truth. And you can't relate authentically unless you choose to communicate your authentic truth to another person. But you can't communicate your authentic truth to another person unless you know what it is. (laughs) And you can't know what it is unless you're pretty good at doing a check-in, kind of tuning into yourself. What is really happening inside of me right now? You know, we all meet people. uh, We all talk to people and we just instinctively say, how are you doing today? You know, what's up? How are you? How are you feeling? Right? We do that with each other. And normally we just respond, I'm fine, good, you know, not bad, can't complain. Okay, fine. Those are sort of remote control 
processes. But what if you ask someone, how are you doing? And you really wanted to know. Or what if you were asked by someone, hey, Roy, how you doing? And what if you really wanted to tell them the truth? Well, what is the answer to that question? Well, it would be the check-in. It would be what's here now. How am I doing? I'd have to say, well, this is what it feels like to be me. This is what it feels like if you were on the inside over here with me, here's what you would, you would know about me, that I have these sensations and these emotions and these thoughts and these wants. That's all that's going on inside of you. <laughs> there's, there's nothing more than sensations, emotions, thoughts, and wants. So when you know what your reality is, then you can, re, you can relate in reality. You can be real. Okay, so that's the first question. What's here now? Then the second one is we talked about what am I really feeling? And with this question, it gives us a quantum leap in emotional intelligence. Again, just like the first question, what's here now, is really building your self-awareness muscle, right? What's what's real for me? I'm becoming self-aware when I check in. The question of what am I really feeling is another dimension of self-awareness. Because if you haven't noticed, sometimes we're not sure what we're feeling. Sometimes the emotions that we're having might not be in alignment with what's happening in our bodies or in our minds. And so the question of what am I really feeling is not as easy as you might think. I won't go into it in depth here because I did in the podcast, but there are many men who are disconnected from feelings of sadness or, or fear. And so they might be feeling those things, but because they haven't been allowed because men, you know, men, men can't be scared. Men can't be pussies. You know, men, you know, can't be sad. Men don't cry. Very often men disconnect from those parts of their emotional being and all they can feel is anger or sexual feelings. So sometimes when you ask a man, what are you feeling? He might not know what the real feeling is because some of them have been disowned. Now, sometimes for women, they weren't allowed to be angry when they were little girls. So they've disowned their anger. So you ask a woman, what is she feeling? And she might say sadness, or she might be able to say that she's scared. But sometimes a woman might actually be feeling angry, but has no access to that because of the way they were raised. Okay. So this question of what am I really feeling is deeper than you might think. But when you are armed with your reality, when you know what you are really feeling, then you can process those feelings, share those feelings, deal with those feelings. But if you've disowned a part of your emotional makeup because your daddy couldn't handle emotional women or your mommy couldn't handle a little boy being scared or sad and told them to buck up and be tough and get over it. Um, now you're not able to relate with people in healthy ways because you're a disconnected person. You're a repressed person. 
you've suppressed or repressed or buried or disowned significant emotions that all human beings feel, but you don't have access to them. So people don't feel you as real. They don't feel you as authentic. You follow me there? So that's a big question. The third one, third question was, why don't I feel alive or passionate or motivated all the time? Why don't I feel good all the time? Right? It's like, that's a great question, isn't it? Why don't I feel really alive and passionate and motivated? You know, pretty much all the time. I mean, of course, we all have moments when we feel that. But if we're honest with ourselves, very often we don't feel just naturally, we don't wake up in the morning feeling naturally alive and passionate and enthusiastic and happy and motivated. It seems like circumstances have to be a certain way for us to be that way. And, and, and if those circumstances and conditions and if the people around us are not behaving in certain ways and doing what we want them to do and not doing the things we don't want them to do, we don't feel very alive and passionate and motivated. So we end up using activities or substances and a, a variety of behaviors that are designed to make us feel alive, to, to kind of make us feel passionate and motivated. But the question is like, why do I have to alter my state of consciousness to feel alive or to feel happy? Why do I have to take medicines? Why do I have to take drugs? Why do I have to buy new things, acquire objects and toys? Why do I have to find a relationship to help me feel alive? Like, why don't I just naturally feel alive? and passionate and motivated. Why do I need to be in love with someone to not feel lonely? Right? What what is loneliness and boredom and stress and anxiety and worry? Right? Those are the opposite of feeling alive and passionate and motivated and excited and enthusiastic. Are they not? But how much of our lives are spent feeling sort of down or worried or stressed out or bored or lonely or sad or scared or triggered by something. And it's because we feel those feelings that it makes us engage in pornography, uh, excessive shopping or gambling Seeking relationships. Um, do, you, do you follow me? Most of what we do is not about the action itself, but about what we think the action or the person or the activity would deliver for us. Most of us are not 
seeking the meaning of life, we're seeking the feeling of being alive. That was a quote. I can't recall the famous person who said that. Um, It might have been Joseph Campbell. He noticed that most of us are not trying to understand our purpose and the meaning of life and our calling. But underneath that, what we're really after is the feeling of being alive. And I would say to you, that's why you want a relationship. It's not the person. It's the way you believe having the person will make you feel. It'll make you feel alive. It'll make you feel love. It'll make you feel joy. It'll make you feel connection. It'll make you feel passion. It'll make you feel enthusiasm. And I'm just saying, why don't we just normally feel that way? Why do we have to arrange the furniture in the house in order to feel that way? Why do we have to arrange relationships and conditions and circumstances? Why do we have to try to manipulate the world around us and get it to be just the way we want so that we can feel alive and passionate? Isn't that our birthright? Shouldn't we come from the factory feeling that way? See, so that's a quantum question. Not, not what do I need to do to feel alive and passionate and motivated. Not, it's not about what job do I need, how much money do I need, what kind of house do I need, what kind of body do I need, what kind of clothes do I need, what kind of car do I need, what kind of partner do I need. That's not the question. The question is not what do I need to feel alive. The question is why don't I normally feel alive? Why isn't that my default setting? You think about that one and it will take you down a path of a quantum leap in your self-awareness and what it means to be alive. But now we come to the juicy question. One of the most profound questions that you can ask yourself. Question number four of the four-part series. And the question is simply this. Why am I single? When I don't want to be. Why is my relationship status not the way I want it to be? Now, I will grant you, there is no meaning in this question if you are a person that at this point in your life, you're not interested in an intimate relationship. Perhaps you're focusing on your career. Perhaps you've gone through a divorce and you've got little kids and you're like, nope, I'm taking my love life off the table. I'm focusing on my kids. I'm focusing on my career. Perhaps you've got a health issue, something major going on that's going to take you a long time to deal with. You say, nope, I'm, I'm not focusing on my love life. I'm focusing on my health. Okay. So if you are consciously choosing that I don't want to be in an intimate relationship, then you can skip this podcast because I just celebrate your commitment. I celebrate that you know what's best for you. You're consciously choosing what you want. And so if I was to ask you why you're single, the answer would be, well, I, because I want to be. Um, this is my choice. 
it may not last forever, but for right now, I'm single because I don't want to be in a relationship. Good for you for knowing who you are and what you want. Fantastic. But I'm talking to people (laughs) who really do want to be in a relationship. No, no, no. I mean, I want to find my life partner. I want my companion. I want, you could even say, your soulmate. I mean, I really do want to be with someone special. Why aren't I? That's the group of people I'm talking to. The people who want to be in a relationship, but they're not. And so I'm asking you, well, then why aren't you in one? Why are you single? Why are you not with someone special? Now, right here and right now, I want you to answer that question. Just to yourself, if you want to send me an email, that'd be fantastic. Would love to see your bravery with that. But right now, at least in your mind, maybe you write it down, you know, you know, type it into your phone and one of your notes uh, apps or something. Really simple. You, you do want to be in a relationship. Why aren't you? What is your answer to that question? Why are you single? So record that somewhere or maybe just, you know, embed it into your mind. Because we're going to come back to that. Okay? We're going to come back to that. Now, I want to give you, I want to tell you a story. I want to give you a metaphor here. I want to, I, 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 I want to begin this conversation and help you answer the quantum question, why are you single? Because, right, if you discover the reason why you're single when you don't want to be, wouldn't that be a good thing? <laughs> right? You, you would want to be self-aware, right? You'd be want to, you want to know since I do want to be in a relationship and I'm not, uh, you know, am I missing something? Um, am I n- not knowing how I'm sabotaging myself or is there a barrier or a blockage that I'm completely unaware of? Because if there is, man, I, I just want to get rid of that. I, I want to move the barrier. I want to remove the blockage. I want to stop sabotaging myself so that love can flow freely in my life. Okay, so that's why this question is so important is that we're looking for self-awareness. We're looking for the aha moment in answering this question, if I want to be in a relationship and I'm not, well, then why is that? So let me, let me describe something to you. Um, so just imagine a man or a woman. It really doesn't matter. I, I guess I'll, I'll use a woman um, just for choice, okay? And here's her results. Here's her experience in life. If you were to talk, let's call her Kathy. Um, Kathy will report to you that she is really interested in her social life. She's really interested in making friends. I'm not talking about an intimate partner. I'm just talking about Kathy's social life. She wants friends. She wants to connect with people. She really goes out of her way to introduce herself to people, to initiate conversations. She's really good at asking people questions. 
She's genuinely curious about other people. So here is Kathy who really wants to make connections with others and and she's doing things to initiate that and to create that and you know she's not saying she wants a social life but never leaves her house you know she's not at home watching Netflix 24 hours a day saying why don't I have any friends well cuz you never leave your house right no she's out there and she's going places and networking events or bars or churches or parties and she's brave she walks up to people and she starts a conversation hey how are you my name is Kathy um and she's asking questions and you know she's just very personable she's very talkative and she's a good listener and you know she's really engaging and yet her experiences nothing's happening in fact Pretty much very soon after she approaches someone and makes conversation and chats, they they walk away. They come up with some excuse to go talk to someone else or right they don't stay around her very long. They don't engage with her. They don't enter into a conversation with her. They they just end it. They just move on. They just it's almost like they can't get away fast enough. Okay? That's her experience. She really wants to connect, and, and yet nobody is reciprocating. There's, there's, she's not making any connections, and people are just running the other way, I guess you could say. They're, they're, they're just not interested. And so if you ask Kathy, what she might say is, you know what? I'm beginning to think that people are really self-centered. You know, maybe they're just all in their little world. Maybe they've got enough friends. Maybe they just don't have time for a new friend. Maybe they're just insensitive and uncaring and um, not very relational or not very conversational. So she 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 begins to recognize that she's trying so hard. And these people are not responsive at all, and she's starting to have a little blame. It's a little bit like, like, what's wrong with these people? What's wrong with everyone? I mean, most people, they're just kind of narcissistic. They're in their own little world, doing their own little thing, and they don't have time for me or for anyone. They, they're just in their heads, doing their thing, living their lives, and they're kind of not very sensitive, not very open, not very relational people. Do you see how it would be easy for her to to think that way because of all the effort she's making and the lack of results? It'd be easy just to look at the people who walk away from a friendly person who's just making conversation. Um, and it'd be easy just to assume that, all right, I guess these people have as many friends as they want. I, I guess they uh, their social calendar and their social life is completely full and they don't have room to talk to a new person or get to know them. Um, you know, I mean, she, she's going to come up with, you know, all, all kinds of these, these reasons why nobody wants to connect with her. Okay? 
Now, how do I say this? What if Kathy, and I'm not sure how it would happen, but what if Kathy, maybe she talked to someone who was honest with her, or maybe she discovered herself. What if Kathy found out that she has terrible breath and body odor? Like, like halitosis magnosis. Okay, like she hasn't flossed her teeth or brushed her teeth in months. And she has the worst breath and body odor. She stinks to high heaven. Okay? Now, as soon as she becomes self-aware that she's got, she didn't know this. She didn't know she had terrible breath because she's breathing it all the time. She's used to it. She doesn't know. She, she can't really smell herself. It's, it's hers, how she always smells. She doesn't know. But what happens when, it, when she discovers that she's got terrible breath and body odor? It's, it's like an aha moment, right? It's like, holy fuck. Well, no wonder why people have been running away from me. No wonder why once I initiate a conversation or I you know, ask a question or I'm friendly and engaging, no wonder why they're turning around and going to talk to someone else. And no wonder why I feel all that rejection. Oh my God, it's not them. It's not that they have too many friends and they're insensitive, narcissistic assholes. It's me. I had no idea that I was doing something or breathing (laughs) (laughs) smelling in a way that was sabotaging me. It was pushing these people away from me. I am responsible for ruining my social life. All along, it's been me. I didn't know it, so I'm not really blaming myself, Kathy would say. I didn't know. I, I just didn't know it. If I'd have if I'd have known it, I would have fixed it a long time ago. So I can't really blame myself. I'm not wrong per se. It's not really even my fault. I just didn't know. Damn it, I didn't know. But the results that I've been experiencing have not been because of these other people and their relationship problems or their insensitivity. It's not them. I'm responsible for this. I've been doing this to myself. <laughs> and, and God love me. I didn't know it. But now I do. Okay, great. Now I can start to take care of my teeth and my breath. And I can brush and floss and use Listerine by the gallon. And I can get a steel wool brush and get in the shower and scrub a couple of layers of skin off my body. <laughs> Right, I, I I can get my I can wear some cologne I can wear perfume I can you know some sort of uh, I'm, I'm sure there's something you can spray in your mouth you can take Altoids right you now that Kathy knows she can address the issue and then what do you think is going to happen when this person goes to an event or to a party or to a church 
or to a bar and she starts up a conversation and she's friendly and curious and she asks questions and she's playful and she has a little sense of humor and she's just engaging. She's a warm, generous, engaging, conversational person. What do you think is going to happen now when her breath doesn't stink and her body doesn't reek? Oh, people are going to want to be friends with her. Duh. People are going to respond differently. She's going to get a whole bunch of different results, is she not? Before, she was blaming it on them. What's wrong with these people? I guess they have too many friends. Huh? I guess they're all narcissists. I guess uh, they're just not very caring and not very relational. So she was playing the victim. Was she, was she not? She's like blaming her situation on everybody else. What she didn't know is she was creating her reality. Unconsciously, she was responsible for it. She was, she was the creator of her relationship, social life problems. She wasn't the victim. She wasn't at the effect of other people's busy lives and busy schedules and enough friends and insensitivity and narcissism and all that. She wasn't at the effect of all that. She wasn't the victim of all that. She was the creator. And now it's been proven because when she fixed her problem, now people engage with her warmly and, and she has tons of friends and people love to be around her. And she feels socially connected and so forth. Right? Doesn't that make perfect sense? It is like, yeah. Yeah. It just it just makes perfect sense about Kathy. But I'm willing if you're I'm wondering if you're willing to look at your love life in the exact same way. Because you're like Kathy. She wanted a great social life and you want an intimate partner. You want a love life. And Kathy was doing everything in her power to connect and make friends. Right? And aren't you doing the same? Aren't you online? Aren't you doing what you can do to meet people? Right? If you're living at home and watching Netflix and you never leave your house... Okay, so then if you're single, well, I mean, come on, right? You're going to have to leave your house to at least meet someone that you met online, right? But aren't you like Kathy? Aren't, aren't you doing what you know how to do to meet someone? Haven't you watched some videos on meeting people and attraction? Haven't you familiarized yourself with the law of attraction? Don't you pay attention to your appearance? Don't you think about like, where could I go to meet people and what do I say? Perhaps you've gotten trainings or teachings on how to make conversation or how to flirt or perhaps you've done some research on how to write a good online profile and how to take good pictures, right? So you're like Kathy, you're, you're doing everything you know how to do to meet someone special. But it's not happening. Is it? Now you can also do what Kathy did and start to blame 
and play the victim. Couldn't you? Couldn't you say, I just haven't met the right person yet. Or couldn't you blame it on fate? Luck? I'm doing everything I can. I'm out there. I'm, I'm online dating. I'm doing these things. I'm learning. I'm studying. You know, I'm, I, I'm working on myself, all this stuff, but I, I'm, not, I'm not meeting someone. So I, I guess uh, I'm just the victim of fate, of, of luck. I just, so far, I just haven't met the right person yet. That's a victim mentality. How about all the good ones are taken or gay? I'm doing everything I can do. I mean, I really want a relationship. I mean, my foot is on that gas pedal, man. I am wanting to move my life toward attracting lasting love. I'm hitting the gas pedal, man. I'm going. But it's not happening. Well, it's because all the good ones are taken or gay. Do you see the blame in that? Do you see the victimization in that? Well, you say, well, you know, I won't go to bars or do online dating. That's why I'm single. Right now I'm reading from page 69 in my book, Relationship Bootcamp, where I list 25 different statements that people make like Kathy about why their love lives are not what they want. Remember, Kathy was complaining about her social life. You are complaining about your love life. Like, why am I single? I I don't want to be single. So the question were, the, the quantum question is, why are you single? And I'm simply pointing out Where is your focus of attention in trying to answer that question? That's the sentence. Where is your focus of attention in answering the question, why am I single? Is it out there? Is it, are you focusing on things that you can't control? Or Are you willing to say, I wonder if I've got really bad breath or body odor? Meaning, I wonder if I'm doing something that I don't know that is sabotaging the whole thing. Maybe I'm not aware of a personality trait that I've got that is a big turnoff. Maybe I've got some sort of blind spot in the way that I connect or communicate that I really, I'm not really aware of that it's turning people off. Maybe I've got a relationship persona. I'm showing up as a fear-based kind of person in the world. And that's attracting these weird patterns and dynamics in my love life. Maybe my childhood conditioning, the way I've been raised, has left some marks on me that are affecting me. Maybe I've got like an abandonment wound from my childhood. So I come off as pretty needy and insecure and jealous, right? Because if you feel abandoned, you are going to want to attach, right? You're going to want to get into a relationship because you feel so isolated and so abandoned being alone. So maybe there's an abandonment wound. Maybe there's an attachment wound. 
In other words, maybe something happened in your early childhood development that is impacting the way you relate with, with people right now in your love life. Do you see, those are all very different focuses of attention than what Kathy was doing. Saying, oh, I guess people uh, have enough friends. Uh, I guess people are narcissistic. They're in their own little worlds and they're just not very caring and they're not very responsive, right? She's blaming her social life on other people. She wasn't saying, what am I doing to ruin my social life? It never occurred to her until maybe somebody pointed out your breath is so awful. (laughs) And I'm saying it's the same thing. We can blame our relationship status on the dating scene. Oh, men are this and women are that and the online thing. And in today's world, this and that. Rather than saying, is there something, am I creating my relationship status? Like, am I responsible for this? for the way my love life is going. And I don't know what it is. Again, if you know you don't want to be in a relationship, then you're consciously keeping yourself single. Fine. But again, this is for people like, I don't know, I don't want to be single. And what I'm saying is, if you are single and you don't want to be, it's because on some unconscious level, you are keeping yourself single. That's the answer to the question. The quantum question is, why are you single? The quantum answer is, because on some level I want to be, or I'm committed to being single, or I'm sabotaging myself. In other words, I'm not a victim. It's not happening to me. My relationship status isn't happening to me because I haven't met the right person yet, or because all the good ones are taken or gay or because I won't go to bars or do online dating. No, 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 no. It's not happening to me. It's happening by me. It's happening because of me. I just don't know how. (laughs) I I just don't know what I'm doing. But I know it's not happening to, I'm not a victim. I am the creator of my love life. Whatever my results are, it's me doing this to myself. It's not happening to me. I can't blame anyone. I can't even blame myself because I don't even know what it is. But this question asks you to adopt the viewpoint that you are a creator rather than a victim. Let me give you another analogy. I use this in my second book, I think. Imagine that your life is like a movie, like a, a major motion picture. Okay, And you're in the movie. There's two ways to view your life as a movie. So the first one is you're in the movie, but you're just playing a bit part, right? You're just an actor in the movie. You certainly are not the director. You didn't write the script. You're not the casting agent. So you're, you're not picking who else is in the movie. You're not in charge of what they say and how the movie goes and how the plot unfolds. You're just... In somebody else's movie, you're kind of told what to do and you do it and you have no power, no control over anything. 
Okay? That's one way to be in a movie. Now imagine there's another Hollywood movie, but this time you are the leading actor in the movie. You're starring in the movie, but you are also the director, like, like Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood often directs and stars in movies, his own movies. So you're like Clint Eastwood. You're the director of this movie. You wrote the script. You have decided the plot and you are the casting agent. You chose everybody in the movie and you're the one telling them where to go and what to do and how to act and how the plot unfolds. It's your movie. You're the creator of the movie. So those are two ways to view life. You're either in somebody else's movie uh, and you're a victim. You're at the effect of other people, conditions, and circumstances that are dictating the plot and the script and the characters in the movie and sort of what happens. You don't have any power. You don't have any control. You're, you're in the movie, but it's happening to you. Or you can view that your life is, no, my life is a movie, but I'm the director of it. I'm the one that's writing this damn script. I'm choosing the people that are in it or not in it. (laughs) I'm the casting agent. I'm the director. I'm the producer. And I'm starring in my own movie. And if if it's a lousy love story... If, if if the lead character, you, is not meeting anyone and is not connecting with anyone and the person really wants to be in a relationship in this movie but it's not happening, you can't turn around and blame anyone. It's like it's your movie. Just write a different script because you're in charge of the script. Put somebody in the movie that you like. Write the script to where they hit on you and you hit on them and you live happily ever after. You can make that movie. Which way do you see your life? Are you a victim? Or are you a creator? Now let me let you in on a little hint here. 99% of people in the world see themselves as victims. They, 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 feel, they see themselves as disempowered victims at the effect of, and they would never honestly look you in the mirror and say, I am responsible for the way my love life is happening. I am responsible for the fitness of my body. I am responsible for my finances. I am responsible for my emotional health. No, most people are going to blame Oh, I was raised a certain way. Oh, I went through certain trauma. Uh, Or I'm just not very smart. Or I'm not very attractive. Or I'm not a very good communicator. In fact, let me continue to read from my book, Relationship Boot Camp, where I list 25 different ways that people play the victim in their love lives. Okay? Because this shift from seeing yourself as playing the victim like Kathy to choosing to see yourself as the creator 
even when you don't know how you're doing it, you're just saying, nope, I am going to choose my viewpoint. And by the way, the victim creator thing, this is, these are viewpoints. I'm not saying that something's right or wrong or something scientific and it can be proved in a laboratory or it can be tested in the universe. I'm not, I'm not saying that these are some sort of universal truth. I'm just saying they're just viewpoints. They're just a perspective. And you get to pick which one you have. You can choose. In other words, these are choices. They're not truths. You have the choice to see yourself as a victim and then you'll blame people and you'll be angry and you'll be frustrated and you'll be saying, why me? Why does this happen to me? You'll, you'll blame your parents. You'll blame your genetics. You'll blame the dating scene. You'll blame men. You'll blame women. You'll blame your physical health. You'll blame your appearance. You'll blame your schedule. You'll blame your kids. You'll, you know, your love life is not the way you want it to be. Like, for instance, can you go back and remember how you answered the question why you were single? Chances are your answer was not, well, because somehow I'm committed to being single unconsciously. I'm keeping myself single. That's why I'm single. How many of you actually answered it that way? Oh, I'm single because I'm keeping myself single. I just don't know how I'm doing it. No, you had a reason. And any reason you give other than that means you're a victim. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just the truth. Any reason you give other than Kathy, like, oh my God, I'm ruining my own social life because my breath. Now I see it. I was doing it to myself. Okay? Any reason you give that doesn't take ownership, that says I'm doing something to keep myself single, is victim. But these are just choices. You can right now choose to say, I don't know how I'm keeping myself single. I don't know why I might be committed to being single. I don't know how I'm putting barriers or blockages up because I really do want to be a relationship. But I'm just choosing to believe that I am doing it to myself. Like Kathy, she could have said, I don't know what's going on with my social life. But it's not because people are busy and they've got too many friends and they're narcissists. No, 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 no. I must be doing something that I don't know. I'm responsible for, for my social life. And you get to choose if you want to play victim and blame and whine and complain and be angry and bitter and frustrated and feel hopeless or whether you want to say, I don't know how, but I'm choosing to see myself as a creator. This is my movie. And for some unknown fucking reason, up until now, this romantic comedy is not very romantic and it's not very funny. But I'm the one who's writing it. I'm the one who's doing it. I'm the one who's making it this way. Now, the benefit of choosing to see yourself as a creator is that, well, if you've been writing the script this way and you've been doing it, well, then you have the power to rewrite it, don't you? See, if you're a victim 
and it's happening to you, you don't have any power to change anything because you didn't make it this way in the first place. It's just happening to you. Oh, it's God. It's my genetics. It's my parents. It's my lifestyle. It's I work so much or I don't have enough money. People, you know, women love men with money or I'm not good looking enough. I don't have fake boobs. I, I don't know what you're saying about why men or women are not responding to you. But when you're the creator, you're like, no, no, no. I'm doing this to myself. So I'm empowered to change my love life. When you're a victim, you don't have any power to change it. If it's God or if it's your genetics, what are you going to do about that? (laughs) If it's the way you were raised, if all the good ones are taken or gay, what are you going to do about that? Right? If you're single because I I don't like to go to bars or do online dating, what are you going to do about that? It's like, uh, you know, uh, my lifestyle. I won't do certain things. So I'm stuck. But if you choose to be a creator and just choose to have that viewpoint, now you recognize, well, I'm doing this to myself in some way. All I got to do is discover how I'm doing that to myself and then I can change it. Just like Kathy. If she was in a creator mindset, she would have not wasted her time talking to people and blaming everyone for how they're not interested in being friends with her. She would have started to do some meditation, some thought, maybe even hired a coach and said, hey, coach, my social life sucks. I know it's not them. I really want to blame them, but I know it's not. I'm doing something. Can you help me find out what I'm doing to keep myself from connecting with people? I know I'm doing something. I just don't know what it is. Bingo. That's the quantum leap. When you become curious about yourself, you might discover, oh my God, I got terrible breath. Or whatever it is. I've got limiting beliefs. I have a relationship persona. I have some childhood baggage of abandonment that's caused trust issues. I've got personality blind spots. I'm a lousy communicator. I don't know how to handle my feelings. I'm a drama queen. Or I don't know how to handle my feelings. I'm sort of stoic and cut off and wooden and robotic. Like, who wants to relate with a robot? Okay, so those are the shifts. But again, here are, here are a bunch more reasons that are in the victim mindset. Maybe you can relate to one of these. Maybe this is what you said earlier in this podcast in answering the question, why am I single? I'm picky. That's why I'm single. I have emotional baggage from my past. That's why I'm single. Oh, my work and travel schedule is crazy. That's why I'm single. I'm too busy with my kids. I've been married too many times. This scares the hell out of people. I've never been married. That scares the hell out of people. (laughs) I have health or physical issues. I'm too educated. People are intimidated by my, the letters after my name. I won't have sex right away. That's why I'm single. I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm too wealthy. I'm too poor. I could go on and on. The point of all those things I just read is not that they aren't true. You might have a really busy, crazy schedule. You might have been married four times. 
You might have never been married and you're 50. You might have some emotional baggage from your past. All I'm saying to you is, is everybody on the planet that has those issues single? Like, is everyone with a busy, crazy travel schedule and work schedule, are they all single? Come on now. Is everybody who's been married four times never in a relationship again? Is everybody who's 45 and never been married, do they never get into a relationship? Do you follow me? See, so all these victim statements, they're not true across the board. So they're not true. You're not single because you have a busy work schedule, because you have, you know, kids with issues or you've never been married or you've got emotional baggage from the past or, you know, you're picky. Is everybody who's picky single? No. You're single because there's something else going on. (laughs) If you want to choose the creator thing. So you could say to me, Roy, I've got this really busy, crazy work schedule. My mind tells me that's why I can't connect and can't make a relationship work and can't keep it going because I'm on the road a lot. But maybe there's something I'm missing because I know a lot of people who have busy work schedules and they're in relationships. Why aren't I? So this quantum question leads you home. It leads you to turn your attention on yourself the way Kathy could have very early on. Instead of spending all of her energy on people and why they weren't responding, she could have said, gee, let me hold a mirror up to myself. Maybe I'm doing something to create my results. I'm telling you that every single person that I've ever talked to or worked with that has been willing to stop sort of the blame thing and playing the victim and giving all these excuses as to why they're single. Every single person who has been willing, truly willing to look at themselves and look for their blind spots and their self-sabotaging behaviors and the barriers that they put up has found them. They've had the quantum leap. They've had the aha moment the way Kathy did. Oh my God, it's my breath. No wonder why my love, my real, my social life is this way. And you too, if you're willing to ask these questions, will have the same. Oh my God, no wonder why I haven't been connecting. Oh my God, it wasn't because they're all taken or gay. There's plenty of great men or women out there. It's not because I haven't met the right person yet. It's because I was sabotaging myself all along and I wasn't letting myself meet the right person. I was chasing them away with my bad breath or my baggage or my limiting beliefs or my childhood wounding or my personality blind spots, right? It's not that I just haven't met the right person yet. I'm the creator of this movie, 
So I'm not letting myself meet the right person. Why? Why in the world might I be keeping myself single? Now, if you are willing to make the shift from where everybody else is, if you're willing to stop blaming and giving all the excuses as to why your love life isn't the way you want it to be, if you're willing to just change the viewpoint, if you're willing to say, Roy, I don't know how, but I am buying in that this is my movie and I'm creating the results. Somehow, some way, I don't know it, but damn it, that's my viewpoint. No longer am I going to say things I haven't met the right person yet. No longer am I ever going to say all the good ones are taken or gay. That's ridiculous. No longer am I going to say it's because I don't want to go to bars or you know, online dating. Has nobody's ever met someone without going to bars or doing online dating? I met my wife at a personal growth conference. That wasn't a bar. It wasn't online dating. I actually wasn't doing online dating when I met my wife. Okay, so it's not that you're too picky. Okay, be picky. What are you going to do? Date anybody? <laughs> right? Picky's fine. You're single because of something else you're not seeing. You're not aware. Remember, I said that you can have your your foot's on the gas pedal saying, I want a relationship. I want my life to move forward like a car. I want to hit the gas and the car is going to go forward. I want my life to attract lasting love. If it's not happening, that's because you don't know you have your other foot on the brake. There's a part of you that's saying, no, I don't. I won't let myself go there. I'm, I'm, I really don't want that. I, on one level I do, but the other level I don't. So I'm hitting the gas pedal, but I'm also hitting the brake. Now your work is not, where do I go to meet someone? No, your work is, how do I get my foot off the brake? If I get my foot off the brake, if I don't sabotage myself, if I'm not creating unconscious barriers, well, then the car is going to go forward. Take your foot off the brake, the car speeds off in the direction you want it to go. So the real issue is self-awareness. How am I sabotaging myself? Now, let me read you a couple of questions that a creator asks themselves. When they say they want something and it's not happening, but they know that they are the creator of their results, They're not a victim. It's not happening to them. It's happening by them or because of them. Here are the questions you would ask yourself. Okay, what is the benefit of being single? Meaning you have an unconscious commitment to staying single. That's what we're talking about here. So there must be some benefit. There must be some reason why it's better to stay single than get into a relationship. What might that be? What is the payoff or the advantage of not being in a relationship? What do you fear you would lose? Or what might it cost you to be in a relationship? See, these questions are why you got your foot on the brake. Why your movie is being written to where the lead character, you, wants a relationship but isn't in one. 
because there's this unconscious part that says, nope, I don't want to be in one. There's a hidden resistance. You got your foot on the brake. You just don't see it. You don't know it. So these questions start to give you some aha moments about why a part of you might really not want to be in a relationship. And let me just say that your unconscious mind is more powerful than your conscious intention. You can say you want something all you, all you want, but if underneath, behind the scenes, you really don't, you're scared of it in some way, you have stories that it will mean this or mean that or cost you in some way, you will never let yourself go forward. Just like you can hit that gas pedal as hard as you want, you can floor it. But if your foot's on that brake, the car's not going to move. Try it. The car will not go forward with your foot on the brake. It'll make a lot of noise, like you make a lot of noise. Oh, I want to find someone. I want to find someone. I want to find someone. But if it's not happening, you've got your foot on the brake. Why? Why are you doing that to yourself? Well, because there might be a real negative to being in a relationship in your mind. What do you believe you'd have to give up? to be in a relationship? What do you fear would happen if you were in a relationship? These are the kinds of questions that a person who is a creator asks. They're like, oh man, I am so interested in what I don't know about myself. I want to be self-aware. I want to know how I got my foot on the brake. I want to know why I am writing my movie like this. Damn it. This is not what I want. But on some level, I guess it is because this is what I got. Why are you single? Why are you single? What's your viewpoint? Are you a victim who feels at the effect of and powerless and sort of blaming it on your genetics, your lifestyle, your physical attractiveness, your financial status, your religion, the way you were raised, your kids, your lifestyle, your schedule? Why are you single? Roy, because on some level I want to be. That's why. Roy, could you help me uncover that? Could you help me be like Kathy to discover my self-sabotaging beliefs and behaviors and attitudes and commitments? Could you help me see myself clearly? Because if I can see what I'm doing, I can fix it. <laughs> I can stop it, just like Kathy could brush her damn teeth and take a bath. Once she knew it, oh my God, it was easy. And then her love, her, her social life changed. It's the same way with you. You just have to see what you can't see. Most people need coaching for that. Because if you could see it yourself, you would have by now. So are you willing to own that the reason you are single is because on some level you're keeping yourself that way. You are your own worst enemy. But that's nothing to feel guilty or shameful about. 
it's just ignorance. Is that too strong of a word? It's just you don't know. Just like Kathy, you didn't know your breath was bad. So I am ready to support people who want to change the viewpoint from victim to creator and sit alongside of them as we look for the reasons your foot is on the brake. And if I can help you with that, you know where to find me, right? It's Roy at coachingwithroy.com. Dial my cell phone, 407-687-3387. So until next time, when we wrap up this series, um, I wish for you self-awareness. And we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.